welcome to another episode of Getting Off the Hamster Wheel, how to find a career that brings you joy, fulfillment, and success. My name is Karen Weeks, and for those of you who don't know me, my passion is helping people get unstuck from a career that's no longer fulfilling and find one that is, which by the way, also re-energizes all areas of your life. And that could be changing jobs, that could be finding an internal role that better suits you, it could be getting that promotion that you've really been looking for, or it could be totally a 180 from theater to HR, which I did 20 years ago, and it changed my life. Today, I'm talking with Brittany, who I actually met through a fellow podcast guest, but then realized we have a lot of the same people in common. The Charlotte connection is strong, y'all, even all the way up here in New York City. As she discovered that she was feeling stuck in her career and worked her way out, she realized she actually wanted to help others do the same. That sounds a little familiar. So now she focuses on helping millennials find their true passion so they don't find themselves stuck later in life. So let's tune in and hear her story. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with Brittany today. Um, Brittany and I actually met through a mutual acquaintance, and so I'm really excited for her to share her story. I'm going to let Brittany have you introduce yourself, and then we'll dive in. Awesome. Thanks, Karen. I'm so excited to be here, too. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I, I love what you're doing and can totally relate to all the language that you use talking about getting off the hamster wheel of life. Um, and that's definitely part of my story. So um, now I am a coach, a life and business coach, where I'm helping ambitious millennials get unstuck now to avoid the midlife crisis later. So again, helping people just like you trying to get off the hamster wheel a little bit earlier. Um, I definitely believe that millennials are waking up a lot earlier than previous generations and realizing like, hey, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Uh, so that's that's what I'm here to help people with. So happy to share my story with you all today. That's so cool. It's so true. I, I, I was fortunate that I realized pretty quickly that the career path I was on in theater was not going to be right for me. But there is some sort of acceptance, permission, forgiveness. I don't know what the word is to say to folks that are in the workforce today and have only been in the workforce for you know five years or whatever. If you don't like what you're doing, stop and think about what you want to actually do. It's not this like grinded out kind of mentality that I know my dad felt and, and even folks in my generation feel. Yeah, I think so many of us too have really put the hustle mentality on such a pedestal that it's like really good to be busy and it's really good to just like grind away for your whole life and like maybe you'll get something in the end like when you retire and life will be so much better then but yeah, so many of us are realizing wait, we don't actually have to do that. So yeah, I like the idea of like acceptance, forgiveness, like you don't really owe your company anything other than your day-to-day responsibilities. Like you don't have to stay there. Like as long as you're not contractually obligated, of course, but so many people feel they have this, like they're so indebted to their company and I must stay here for five years in order to uh, prove something to someone that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into that more as you go through your own career journey. Um, Cause I don't want to front load it with all my thoughts. Um, yeah. So, so let's rewind and go back to when Brittany was getting out of school or starting her, you know, sort of adult life. Um, what did you think you wanted to do as you started your career? Yeah, so I knew um, from college I wanted to get into marketing. So my major was in uh, business management and I minored in marketing and food industry strategy, which is a very random concentration, but it was only two classes more than the marketing concentration. So I was like, well, that sounds easy enough. And that sounded fun because, you know, food industry, everyone has to eat. So (laughs) I like that perspective. 
Um, so yeah, I wanted to get into marketing and I did not get a job in marketing right out of school <laughs> as the story goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I ended up at a small company in Baltimore, Maryland, where we were essentially calculating damages in complicated intellectual property cases, which is Whoa. even just a mouthful to say right now. And it's funny thinking back to being so ingrained in that industry for a couple yeah. of years. And now it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to even get it out of my mouth. I'm like, that's so many big, weird <laughs> words. <laughs> How did I do that for so long? And I know some people, look, when we graduate college, we're in debt. Maybe we don't have a lot of money just because of the age that we are. So we're like, I just got a good job. I got to pay the bills. Is that how you kind of landed with that job is you were looking for marketing. And you just had to take a job. Yeah, I was starting to feel the pressure, like spring semester, senior year, everyone else, like all my friends, roommates were getting their jobs and having that security uh, before graduation. And it just felt like if I didn't have a job before graduation, I would be a failure or, you know, I would never get one. So I had to just find something. So, you know, through a like friend of a friend, I heard about this job. Um, it was actually, no, it was actually through my internship. That's how I first heard about it. Um yeah, it was a spring semester or summer internship that I was, uh, I signed up for in my spring semester, uh, junior year. Um, so I, I got into it then because I was feeling that, that grind of not having an internship, same, same story. It was yeah. like that pressure at school. Like you had to have one, um, being at an Ivy league school, it was very, very, very competitive. So yeah. I was, yeah, grasping at, like, oh, I need, I just need something that would be interesting and that would look good on a resume. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I interned with them and then they offered me a job after the internship. And again, I was just like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, yeah. I would rather have the security of a job than go through the interview process again at a bunch of other places just to be told no. Yeah, it's so interesting because I'm fascinated and someday I'm going to talk to a psychologist about this or something, how we <laughs> ask, you know, 19 and 20 year olds to major in something which in theory they want to do for the rest of them, their lives. And they've never really probably even been in the workforce and then compound that with the idea of this pressure senior year to have a job before you graduate. Mm -hmm. it, there's so much stress and expectation that we're putting on folks that are trying to figure out who the heck they are. And yeah. by the way, you're also supposed to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way half of us even know what it is that we want, what we're good at, what we would enjoy. So yeah, it, it does seem crazy. Like we're better off learning more about like personal finances and yes. yeah, balancing your budget and things like that, which most people never learn. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you're so you're at this job, which clearly is not going to be right for you. How do you decide to make the move and say, okay, this was fine for now. It did the job, literally. But how do I mm -hmm. break free from this and, and find something else? Yeah, so I did enjoy it for the most part. You know, it, it was something that was challenging. I thought it was interesting. Um, but it yeah, it wasn't like fulfilling. It wasn't the best fit, like you said. So it was about two years in that I got what I called the two-year itch Yeah, <laughs> where, where I was like, okay, I've been doing this a little while. I'm getting good at it. It's either, you know, stay here and go down this path. And then you start looking towards, okay, my boss, my boss's boss, you know, do, does that path look like something I would like? And I thought, nope, not at all. So, so <laughs> what, what else, what do I want to do? So um, that's why I just started looking at jobs in the area and uh, in the nearby areas. And I actually found a job 
that was a company I had originally applied for back when I was in school. And I really liked them because it was marketing and food industry, which again was my, both my concentrations. So I said, you know what, let me give this a try again and see what happens now that I'm older and wiser and <laughs> there's less competition. So uh, yeah, it actually worked out and I, I got the job then. So I kind of took me two years to get into uh, the industry that I actually wanted to get into after graduation. Nice. Excellent. And so did you feel like, yes, I've made it. I got this dream job. Now life is smooth sailing. Here we go. Yeah, I really thought that was going to be it. And that, you know, for a while I was on that track of, oh my gosh, this industry is super exciting. It's way better because again, everyone needs food and it's, um, I was working specifically for grocery stores in the retail mm-hmm. industry. So uh, working on their private brands or store brands. So whenever you go to a grocery store and you see their their own label products, mm-hmm. I was working on the back end, uh, doing some consulting for a bunch of different stores. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. And uh, yeah, and everyone can relate to it. Like I could talk yeah. to my friends about it and they get it because they go to grocery stores. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's simple from that perspective. So I really thought for a while it was it was going to be it. And I definitely... Um, had a lot of really great opportunities with that company. I was with them for about five years and had probably four different roles. And it was more from the perspective of I was doing such a good job that they kept giving me new responsibilities. And, you know, they were listening to me saying I wanted to do more on the marketing side because I came in as a business analyst supporting like marketing and sales and was doing great at that. So then they gave me more of a marketing role, like a marketing analyst role, and then kind of switched to more of a brand manager role, which was more on the marketing, a little less on the analytics. So it was actually an amazing opportunity that they let me kind of swim around a bit and learn from every aspect of the business. That's so cool. It's the benefit of working for some bigger companies sometimes is that you have the opportunity to dip your toe into a couple of different ponds that you can really have those internal uh, job changes or even just projects that you get mm-hmm. to work on that maybe doesn't always come with with every different kind of company. We actually did an episode yeah. with someone who changed careers in her current company. And so she had a career change, but she was able to do it for her current employer, which you know made a world of difference. So, so wow. as you think about... One thing that I am very interested when I talk to folks is around this idea of like you become your job, especially when it's in the field that you studied. I am a marketer. I am a this. And so here you are doing the job that you went to school for literally twice, like for two different degrees. Did you have a moment where you're like, oh, maybe this isn't what I want to do? Was it a gradual thing? What kind of happened to make you think that maybe this actually wasn't the career you wanted? Yeah, I think it was like a slow, gradual thing over time. Um, so it, the, my last role that I had there, I was actually working remotely. So I've been working remotely for about four, year, four years now. And back when it was cool and everyone was jealous of me and I thought, <laughs> oh, again, again, I was like, oh, this is a dream job. Like I'm in my industry that I went to school for. And it was, you know, after five years at that company, I was like, I had worked my way up to the job that I'd always like dreamed of in the company and was working remotely and yeah, I thought it was it. And then it was maybe a year in of doing that, that I, I, I woke up and realized, yeah, I'm not excited about this anymore. I, I just got to that point where I'm, I'm good at it. And I was going through the day-to-day motions, feeling that hamster wheel mentality. And I think it hit me sooner because I was working remotely and I wasn't getting face-to-face time with other people on my team to distract me or, you know, keep me more socially engaged or whatever it was. I was 
at that point where I could do my job in probably less than 20 hours a week, most of the time. So I'm like, what do I do the rest of the time when there's, there was nothing more for me to do. And I wasn't, you know, that challenged or excited to go above and beyond. Um, So yeah, it was kind of that feeling of waking up and being like, okay, so now what? And like, this, this isn't it. And I thought it was, so that was, that was actually really hard to grasp because yeah, it was what I, it was a dream yeah. I thought. And I felt like ungrateful to, you know, to have been working for that company for five years and they, you know, took a, a risk on me to promote me and allow me to work remotely, which was not the norm for that position. And yeah, it's that, that idea of like, you owe that company something, yeah. you know, I had that, I had that feeling when I woke up too. And so I, I definitely struggled with it for a bit to even admit it out loud, I think. Yeah. And well, and I think a lot of people can relate to that because especially it's one thing if you feel like your company doesn't treat you right, or you don't feel connected to the mission or, you know, cause we all go through those things of like, oh, I, I worked for a big consulting firm for a while. And that ended up not being the culture that was right for me at all. Tech startup mm-hmm. is, you know, much more my personality. And so that's a moment where you go, okay, well, that's fine. I learned something about myself and I'm going to go change this piece. But to mm-hmm. your point, to feel like you have the dream job and what you're aiming for and that not be the thing that's fulfilling you that's a lot to take on. How did you kind of work through that and get the courage to realize, oh, I actually do need to make a change? Yeah. So that's when I hired my first life coach because mm-hmm. I I didn't know how to deal with it myself. I had done some like personality, you know, workshops or online personality tests and thought that would help. And it, yeah, it wasn't really getting me much traction. I read a couple books, like, you know, personal development books and yeah, it helps for a little bit, but nothing was really sticking for that either making a change. So yeah, I hired a coach that I knew uh, locally here in Charlotte. She was one of my yoga teachers actually. And I saw her posting about it on Instagram. I'm like, what is a coach? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so I reached out to her and we chatted and yeah, just even on our first call where we were just getting to know each other and she's just asking me more questions about what it was I wanted. I just broke down in tears because no one had really, you know, asked me questions like that. And I never had that space to really yeah. think about who I am, what it is that I want. And, you know, she was able to see things in me that no one else had really ever articulated to me. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was incredible to be seen like that. And that's when I knew I needed to work with her and she would be able to like pull things out of me that I didn't even know were there, which is the magic of coaches. Yes. I was going to say, you know, this is going to sound like a little bit of a a plug considering we're both in the coaching field, but (laughs) if, if you feel like you are trying to work through something and you just can't kind of get to the other side of it, a coach is an objective person that's there just for you. That is going to help you kind of work through things that, you know, look, your partner probably, you know, has their own perspective because they're your partner. It's harder to talk about it at work because you're potentially talking about, I don't want to do this job anymore. Mm-hmm. Your friends may not have the same perspective. So this person is here just to help you and get all that mess out of your head and turn it into yeah. something that's actionable. And again, it, it's not a plug for coaching per se. It's more a plug to say, find someone who can be that person for you. Yes. Coaches clearly that's what their job is, but Mm -hmm. one who can be in your corner, who's going to be your cheerleader, push you a little bit outside your comfort zone and just be, Mm -hmm. just listen. And they're going to hear things that you don't even know you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that neutral third party too, because yeah, a big piece of what I realized too, like you mentioned with like friends and family, it's like, they 
are, of course, they love you and they want the best for you, but they also come at it from a very protective place. So they are often giving you advice that's, you know, hey, play it safe or, you know, you know, whatever the thing is. So they're going to be blinded by their love for you where a coach is able to just give it to you straight and say, hey, this is what I'm hearing you say. Is that is that what you really want? Or Mm -hmm. I'm hearing you're saying one thing, but you're actually doing another. So what's happening there? You know, we can actually like uh, poke the bear a little bit and say, hey, there's actually this other thing happening that you may not even be seeing. Absolutely. Um, I just started working with a coach and I had to do this worksheet and I was writing down words. I had no idea I even was that were in my brain. Like I just didn't mm. know. So, so, so as you go through that, I think sometimes people also think through this, oh, well, I'm going to go towards this. Like I want to be a product manager. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a whatever. I know that. So I'm going to leave what I'm doing today and go do this thing. Did you know where you wanted to go or how much, how much time did it take you to figure out, oh, this is where I actually want to go instead? I think it took me my whole four months of working with her to realize what it was that I wanted because most of the time through our four months, I was still going back and forth thinking, okay, there's, there's something more that I want. And I tried to articulate it in a couple of different ways and those weren't quite feeling right. And then I think she had even mentioned something after one of our first or second Uh, meetings, just that the way that I asked questions felt very coach-like and she kind of like planted the seed and, you know, she didn't mean to do it in the sense of like, she wasn't saying I should become a coach and she wasn't, you know, she doesn't get any kickback or anything (laughs) like that. You know, just, I always give that disclaimer, like she's not making money on me becoming a coach. It just, (laughs) it's just something that she saw in me right away. And, and by the end of our sessions or four months of working together, I realized, you know, how much she had changed my life. And I was telling everyone in my life, you know, my life is different. My, my life coach helped me. This is amazing. She changed my life. And I realized, you know, if I could help one person the way that she helped me, I'd be more fulfilled than I've ever been in a corporate job. And with that knowing, I immediately knew I'd, I had to, at some point, become a coach. Yeah. I just didn't, didn't know exactly when or what that would look like, but yeah, it turned out within a matter of two years, I'm now a full-time coach, which I did not expect at all. <laughs> well, that's so great. And I, you know, it's, it's so interesting, the things that happen in your life that spark something that you had no idea, you know, was in there or that you would ever would have thought about if something in that moment hadn't happened. Um, yeah. And so I know, you know, something, a lot of things, uh, something a lot of people think about is, well, if I change industries, I got to go back to school. I got to get this. How do I ever build my reputation and my credibility? Um, you know, how did you sort of start to build the skills or build your brand as a coach versus a marketing person? Yeah. So I actually went and took a coach training program. So just a few months after working with my coach or finishing working with my coach, I signed up for a year long training program. So it was a very intensive program and it, it was both you know, me learning to be a coach, but also me going through personally all the tools that I would be going through with clients. So it was a huge personal transformation for me. And yeah, it gave me that confidence, clarity, and everything that I needed to put myself out there and start building a business, start building my brand. And yeah, it was, it was definitely everything that I needed because I know I wouldn't have had that, that clarity and confidence, just like deciding one day to do it. Yeah. And were you doing that while you were still working 
your corporate job or did you just up and quit? (laughs) Yeah. So it's funny. I actually switched jobs about a month after my training program started. So all at the same time, I'd still, you know, had all my learnings from working with her, you know, earlier in the year, I think her and I worked from January to April together for four months. And I knew I had all these new learnings about what I wanted in a job, what I didn't want in a job and all of that, and had the clarity I also wanted to be a coach. So I yeah started the coaching program. And at the same time, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn about a job opportunity. And as soon as I read it, I was, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I needed, but I didn't know how to find it, how to articulate it. And they found me. So wow. it was... Yeah, it was kind of magical in a weird way. And it was a really like the easiest interview process I've ever been through because I was so excited for it. And I was so clear that this is what I wanted, that I was the perfect fit for it. So I went in super confident Mm -hmm. and really got along with everyone. And I loved what the company stood for. So I, yeah, I switched jobs (laughs) right after starting training. It was very, very strange timing, but yeah, I was very excited for it too. And did it make you question, oh, maybe like I'll stick with this and not do my own coaching practice? Or did it make you wonder if your paths were diverging again? Yeah, it made me think that I probably wouldn't go full-time on my coaching business Mm -hmm. for for a little while. And I never had like a strict timeline on it. So I was kind of thinking, you know, it's a fun side hustle. It's my passion project. Like I love helping people and that that should be enough, you know, I thought, and I could still be in the retail marketing space full time. And yeah, I thought it would just kind of hold me in that space longer, because I really like the new job. And I love the company and everyone I was working with. And then I ended up quitting that after exactly one year of working with them, because mm-hmm. I had finished training. And a few months after that, I was just the more coaching I did, the more I wanted to do it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So I'd realized that I I had to do it. Like my heart was somewhere else, even though I still love that day job. I just knew I couldn't stay because I was almost doing them a disservice by saying mm-hmm. like my heart felt so pulled in two directions. I couldn't go all in on both. And I knew that, you know, at this point, this was um, last summer, you know, summer of 2020. So it was during COVID mm-hmm. and that, that was just like the final straw for me is yeah. like with the world so crazy, the more I can help people, the more I want to do that. So I had to take that risk on myself in order to show up for other people. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so amazing because at both moments in your life, obviously you weren't fully fulfilled or you wouldn't have, you would have stayed at your other jobs, but you weren't miserable. You weren't in a toxic environment. You weren't, you know, like I said, I'm sure you didn't bounce out of bed every day, but it, I think some people think, oh, well, you know, I'm not crying when I go to work or like, I don't hate what I do. So why would I change it? Like, I should be thankful I even have a job. And I know when I started this podcast, one of the reasons I did it was because during COVID, I was so impressed that people who were getting laid off, instead of saying, oh, you know, you know, oh, crap, or other words, um, I need to just get a job because it's COVID and God only knows what's going to happen with this economy. Instead, they said, assuming they could financially say this, they said, this is life telling me to take this opportunity to figure out what I actually want to do. That's going to make me happy, go to work, happy to go to work every day, even during a pandemic. And even when I'm trying to split my time with my family and work and everything that everybody's gone through Mm -hmm. that they wanted to go to a job that was that meaningful, that they wanted to fit that into everything that they were doing. And I think that's 
so much healthier to be able to make those decisions in those moments versus this is horrible. Get me the F out. I cannot go one more day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed a lot of that too during COVID. And that was part of my inspiration too, is uh, my boyfriend was laid off and a couple of friends were laid off around April and just seeing them purposefully take the summer off Mm -hmm. and say, again, they were in a financially okay place. They could do that. And yeah, they said, I don't want to just jump back into anything right now. Again, with the way the world is, I need some time to process this. And I need some time away from corporate, away from interviewing. I don't want to just jump into the stressful pieces of interviewing and trying to find a new job and coming at it from fear of like, oh my gosh, I need to get a job. And, you know, instead they intentionally took the summer off and had a blast just figuring out what they like to do and, you know, playing with hobbies again and just being a human being which was so incredible to see. And that, that inspired me of like, wow, I wish I would get laid off, which again, was one of those things I never thought I would say. And (laughs) and I love my job. And, but that was my realization or my wake up call is like, oh, this is actually the time that I could do it. And clearly if I have that desire to get laid off, then I should probably be leaving. (laughs) Yeah, that it's uh, like those old redneck jokes. You might be a redneck if you might be looking for a new career if you say, <laughs> if I get laid off. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Who'd gosh. Well, yeah. you've had such a thoughtful journey. And like I said, it's it's so nice when people are able to make these decisions sort of ahead of when they get to that really horrible place, which look, I get it. Sometimes you just are so trying to persevere and get through it and be the thing that you thought you were supposed to be or the thing that you sort of define yourself as. But when you're able to sort of get ahead of that and see it in front of you and make those choices uh, with more clarity and confidence, that's really special. Um, You've shared a lot of little things along the way, but what's one thing that either you wish you knew or you want people to walk away from today as like a final bit of advice? I have probably so many and too many (laughs) in this area. Um, Something that I do like to tell people I'm working with that are, you know, trying to find their next job or, you know, figure out what it is that they want to do next is doing like a quick exercise. There's two. I'm going to give them really quick. The one is just always identifying your values and living aligned with those values. So that again, applies to your job situation. Like it should align with your values. And once it does, then you'll have a lot more clarity. You'll be more excited and hopefully more fulfilled. Um, And then the second one is when you're trying to figure out what it is you want to do next and you're feeling stuck, you don't really know what you want. And this is what I did when I um, was working with my coach too, is I made a list of what I wanted in the role, the company um, and the boss. Mm -hmm. So I had that list essentially of like deal breakers, like this is what Mm -hmm. I'm looking for. So that even if I didn't know what the job description or the job title was, I could look at that list and compare and say, oh, yeah, this checks everything on my list. Or, oh, no, this is missing a lot. Um, and then you're able to go into the interview process as if you're interviewing them. And nice. that, that's what made the whole difference for me when I, when I got my last corporate job. And it was such a actually good experience, which I would never have said about an interview process before. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when you go on it with that clarity, with your values and your deal breakers, it's way more empowering than most people handle, you know, handling the interview process. 
That's great. I love that. And I think having that clarity is so important because again, you're going to be running towards something, not just away from something. Um, And anytime you have confidence, people feel it and they know it and it, you know, makes it much more of an enjoyable experience and probably puts you closer to the front of the line. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. We're going to include all your information in the show notes, but what's a website or what's the best way people can reach you um, as we wrap up the, the conversation today? Yeah, my website is www.hellovelocity.co. And also you can follow me on Instagram at hellovelocityco. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. I'm so so thankful that you uh, joined the conversation. A, I got to meet you and get to know you, but that you were willing to share your journey with our audience. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you again to Brittany for sharing her story. You can find all her contact info in the show notes. So feel free to reach out to connect with her if you want to hear more. As you enjoy these episodes, please consider subscribing, sharing them with others, and leaving a rating and review on the platform of your choice. And let's connect. I offer one-on-one coaching, workshops, masterclasses, and group programs. You can find all my contact information in the podcast overview. Until next time, remember, there's always a way to get off the hamster wheel.